All right, here we go, y'all. It's the T-Hex Podcast. We got Man Man Pondo back on here. What's up? Man, love for Man Man Pondo. Um, we got, uh, we're just going to, you know, find out some funny stories, things that happen, some ribs, things like that that happen on the road or, or maybe in the locker rooms or during the matches. I hope you all have read the book. It's I've read it twice. It's a great read. Um, if you haven't picked it up, you need to pick it up. Uh, Diaries of a Madman. See, I remember, I remember the name. That's right. Memoirs, I'm sorry. Memoirs of a Madman. I screwed the name up, but it's all good. <laughs> um, so, what was, the, what was the first rib that someone pulled on you? First rib that was played on me. It's 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 pretty hard to get a rib pulled on me, but that's what I was uh, thinking. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm I'm usually the ribber, not so much the ribby. Well, what's the favorite rib that you've pulled? Oh, it's got to be. I mean, I do a lot of things to teach up Tony because he says one thing but does another. Like he'll say. Let's spend the night and party, and then I'll drive on the way home. And, of course, he uh, parties so hard that he wants to sleep on the way home. So every once in a while, he'll fall asleep, and I'll turn all the vents straight on him and turn the heat up on high, and I'll uh, lock the window and and uh, roll my window down a little bit. That way I get a little bit of air, but uh, I let him sweat that out till he wakes up. Oh, or, that's great. Or I'll put the camera on him and uh, run my wheels over on the uh, the warning um, rivets. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I'll do that to him. Or, or I think your favorite one you're talking about is we was in Japan one time, and uh, he, he hated going to the bathroom in the dojo, and I don't blame him. Like, it was always the... Uh, the uh, ceramic uh, toilets down in the floor. Yeah, I've seen pictures uh, of those. Yeah, so I told him, I said, just wait till we get to the hotel. We're only about 10 minutes from the hotel, so he didn't want to, but he decided, okay, so 10 minutes um, with traffic, it made about 15, 20, and he's freaking out. So then we get to the hotel, and... Uh, he, he says, all right, I'm going to go to my room. I said, tell me there's a bathroom right there in the lobby. But uh, don't go to that one. Go to your room. Otherwise, everybody's going to hear you taking a shit down here. So he did. He got in the elevator, and I got in the elevator. And I think we was on the 15th floor. So as soon as we got in the elevator, I turned on. I pushed all the buttons. Whoa. on every every floor uh one time we was at the movie set and there was a pathway and we were scaring all the all the japanese wrestlers and uh kojika is the boss of big japan he's like a old old man and grumpy old guy and I told Tony, I said, hey, uh, Shadow's coming. So Tony hit, and he's like, oh, yeah, let me know when he's close. So it wasn't Shadow. It was the boss of the company, and Tony jumped out and scared him. And uh, uh, 
he wasn't too happy with me. He's like, you could have cost me my job with that. And I'm like, nah, you're all right. <laughs> you're uh, with me. You're cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know, man. I mean, I, I, I do so much shit. I, uh, I forget some of the things that I do. Well, and I'm sure the chair shots don't help after a while. Right. In fact, Cornette said, um, you know, we used to have safe chair shots back in the day, but then ECW came along and they just started wheeling each other right in the head. <laughs> All right. Me and Tony, uh, one time the, the uh, airline, for some reason, gave us a whole bunch of... Uh, uh, Alka-Seltzer. So, we would tell the Japanese wrestlers, hey, uh, this is this is American candy. Oh, God. And they put it in their mouths, and of course, it would start foaming, and they'd figure out it wasn't Japanese <laughs> candy. That was always something that we did. I'm sure you've heard of the, uh, the classic Owen Hart ribs. Yeah, I heard, I heard a bunch of those. He, you wouldn't think that he was the river, but I guess he was the master of the shit. Oh, man, the, the uh, pizza uh, motel call. I listened to that, uh, and I was just, I, I think I was laughing for about a half hour at least. Um, Did, did you ever pull any ribs on Jay or Shags? Um, not really. Uh that's that's kind of your your high paying bosses, so yeah, that's kind of the line, huh? Yeah, pulling ribs on them might just be like kicking your paycheck down the road. Yeah, you don't want to do that, that's for sure. Right. And you know, I want to make it known for those people who don't know. People assume they not everybody. I'm just saying there's you know there's a group of people out there that assume that. All these wrestlers and these death matches and death matches and stuff are making really, really, really high paying amounts of money, and that's just not always the case. And uh, you know, when everyone puts their bodies through and stuff, you know, you, you got medical bills and you know, gas, and it, it's just unless I feel like unless you're WWE or I guess right now you could say WWE or AEW. It's it's rough. I mean, you can just look at the movie The Wrestler, obviously, and it's, or read your book, and you know, um, you get a pretty good idea that some of these guys are uh, they're scraping by, but they're doing it because they enjoy themselves and they're they enjoy entertaining the fans. Yeah, I just recently, April the tenth. Broke two ribs and sent one into my lung, making it collapse. So, yeah, I had a rough time there for, I'd say, close to three weeks. And then it started easing up a little bit. But uh, I feel today like I could uh, wrestle again. But I, I have 12 weeks out. So, June 24th, I'll return versus Slack in Anna, Illinois. I'm going to make it to that one. I'm not gonna have any. I'm gonna make it to that one. But that's I pick, also uh, that's also Madman Pondo's thirty second birthday. That's right. It's Kevin Kennedy's fifty second birthday. Well, then we're gonna have to have some kind of party for y'all. There you go. Uh, that will be that will be a good show. Everybody should make it out to that. But you can 
Um, yeah, that's going to be good. I, I believe you're even booked for AWR. I can't remember when. Some Yeah, July the 10th and 11th for the, I can't remember what their tournament's called, but it's their deathmatch tournament. My my buddy was, was asking me, he goes, well, is, isn't Pondo in the deathmatch? I said, it. I think it depends on if he's healed up by then or, you know. Yep, June 24th will be my return, so I'll be ready by July 10th and 11th. One thing that I'm going to miss that I totally regret, June the 11th and 12th is IWA's Coast Weekend, where uh, June the 11th at 7 o'clock we have the Zero G Tournament. That's right. Which is all the, all the high flyers, and, and it was gonna, it's going to be a great show. Then... The next morning, June 12th, will be a girl fight show. And then June 12th at 7 o'clock, all three same building will be the Master of the Pain Deathmatch Tournament, the return. And uh, I had to pull out of the tournament because of my ribs, but uh, I put a pretty good replacement in there with G Raver, I think. And then also March the 26th. I, me and Jeff Waldridge, the guy who made the documentary Hard Way, and Keith Raver will be on Talk is Jericho. So keep your ears open for that one. I am very happy uh, for you, uh, you know, to be involved with that. I think that's awesome, you know, especially after that, that story in the book you told about Jericho, how he was a really good, outstanding guy, and he didn't have to do all that and take a picture with you and all that. And, Sure enough. I mean, other people from Cornette, for example, um, nothing against Cornette, but he could paint one picture of Jericho, but I think we all know that Jericho is, is a good guy, and um, they just maybe put him in some, I, I guess I would say in AEW, I, I think they put him in some bad angles sometimes, but he's he's a worker, and he'll go out there, and he does it anyway. Um, and uh, I, I've always had a lot of respect for him ever since I saw him wrestle in early, early WCW. It is, it's just one of those guys that can just go, you know. I, w- I even seen him earlier than that. I was a tape trader and the Japanese um, videotapes with him and Chris Benoit and him and and Juice and Thunder Liger and all that. Like, I knew Chris Jericho way before ECW, WCW, WWE. Not not personally knew him, but I knew of him from those videos. Well, I can tell you that I think I mentioned this. The first time I heard about you was I was in my dorm room with my roommate, and my roommate said, I just... I just went to some uh, midget wrestling event several weeks ago, and all these midgets were attacking this big guy, and his name was Man Man Pondo. <laughs> yeah. I said, why would they have one big guy and a bunch of little guys? He goes, that's just how it was set up. Yes, yeah, it was the bloodymidgets.com. The, uh, the half-pint brawlers, uh, main guy, puppet, the psycho dwarf, and T.O., and and uh, Mad Mix and just all the all the uh, 
coolest midgets was on bloodymidgets.com. Plus, at that time, I, I think I, me and Bridget the Midget had something going on. I don't remember if that was the same time or not, but uh, yeah, I was just a, a big midget guy, so why not have him beat me up, right? Yeah, well, it makes sense. And uh, that sounds like the perfect idea for a battle royal. Right. Um, that and uh, we actually have a, a um, I wish I had the poster in front of me, but we have a measure wrestling thing coming to Emerson, and I'm definitely gonna be there for that. Um, it's always cool because I mean, in a sense, they got more room in the ring to run around, so I feel like they can do a little bit more stuff, and it's just it's just always cool and interesting, and especially meeting the guys and hearing their stories as well. Um, it's always pretty cool. Um, I think it's called Micromania. I think is what they're calling it. Yeah, I think I'm part of that. Yeah, so that will be interesting. Um, I don't know. I don't think we really know when the next gathering is going to happen, but I'm sure there's no doubt we will have a JCW show at that gathering. And I would well, be. Actually, there's no gathering this year. They've already announced it, but numbers are starting to come back up. So. Hopefully, I'm I'm not talking out of place here, but I'm pretty sure that next year there will be a gathering of the juggler. And hopefully, maybe one day we're going to see Man Man Pondo as the JCW champ again. Uh, I don't care about it. I know. I just have a good time, man. We have a good time watching you. It's uh, <laughs> man. Once you came in. It was just like you fit in like a piece of the puzzle in the family, man. It was just, there was like an instant connection. Thank you. You're welcome. And then, you know, Tony coming in and, oh God. Oh, and one memory I have, and I just can't get it out of my head. It's it's burned into my brain. It is the, uh, oh, I have to apologize. I'm tired. I stayed up way too late last night. Um. Well, I forgot his name last time I was talking to you, and then I remembered it right after we got done talking. Um, Necro Butcher. Ah, I remember it this time. Necro Butcher broke his leg in the middle of the ring, and the bone was out. Well, he sent a, uh, he sent a chair leg through his leg is what happened. That's what worked. Oh, man. That was, that was one of those moments where you go, that's, that's as real as you can get, and holy shit, I hope he's okay. Right. And, of course, I assumed, you know, they got him to the medical facility in time, and he was all right, but that kind of made me wonder if that was going to affect his wrestling ability uh, down the road, if his leg was going to come permanently be messed up from that or not. I, I never have um, gotten the opportunity to talk to Necro, but I... um. I certainly respect him, especially, you know, something like that. And you come back and you still wrestle. I mean, damn. If I see a basketball player or a football player, if the, the bone go through their leg, I don't think the chances are too high they're coming back. That's it. Yeah. Deathmatch workers probably have the best heart for coming back that I know of. Oh, yeah. I... And it's what you guys go through. I mean, of course, as we all know, there's, you know, the backyard wrestling kind of stuff, which is not such safe working 
And there is, and even Cornette said, he goes, you, you can have a deathmatch stuff, but there's a safe way to work and a not safe way to work. And when whenever you wrestle and the shows that you wrestle on and the shows that you help promote, those are always worked very safely. But um, you can sure make it look otherwise. <laughs> and it still hurts. People have to understand that. Those shots hurt. When I see Mickey Knuckles punch a guy in the ribs three or four times and you can hear the smack across the arena, yeah, that hurts. That's <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, so how did um how did you meet Mickey Knuckles? How did that whole thing uh, come to fruition? I know I know it was probably through Girl Fight Wrestling, but um, no, it wasn't. It was uh, it was that fucking Ian Rotten show, and uh, Mickey came there. And if you remember me versus J.C. Bailey in the Circus Death Match, yes, Mickey Knuckles was our referee. Oh, that's right. You know, I think it was, I think the thing is, like, some of the older photos of her, I don't always recognize her. Right. These are years and years ago. And, and um, I'm pretty sure she was in JCW a couple different times, I feel like. Yeah, and, she was, she was. Yeah. Um, man, and, you know, unfortunately, I, I have to bring it up, just, well, because of respect, and I just feel like it should be brought up, uh. We deeply miss um, we deeply miss New Jack, but he was he was a good guy. Um, some people might want to paint a bad picture of him, or at least during when he was alive, they did. But in all honesty, he had a good heart. He was a great person. Uh, you've had the chance to work with him on multiple occasions. Um, I never I never had a problem with New Jack, and I'll tell you my problem now is guys who who come out and say how how good of friends and how much they love New Jack. And I know New Jack had a problem with him, but I'm not here to bust nobody out because it is a, a, my dead friend, so I don't want to cause problems. Yeah. Either that or now guys who, who uh, didn't want to say things about New Jack because they might see him on a show are now coming out and talking about how terrible New Jack was. Yeah, and see... He never pulled no bones. He, he told you he was a terrible person, so you're really not helping your case by saying shit like that. Exactly. I mean, if you get in a ring, or just for example, I'm not referring to any specific match, but if you get in a ring and you say, New Jack, I want you, I want you to juice me, and he does... You can't complain about it because you asked for it. So that's the way I see it. Um, and that, that's your fault for asking that man to do that in the first place. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but he was a great guy. He's given us some great memories. Oh, oh, Lord, the promos. The promos were amazing, especially when he was wrestling in those those. I, I don't know. I almost said territorial areas. Let's say the areas of the U.S. where, um, at the at the time, uh, African Americans were not looked at as equals, and they were looked down upon. And he would just go in there, and he would use that, and he would take that heat and use it. And he knew that he was going to have trouble getting out of that building, but he didn't care. He would, you know, and. There's just not too many guys that had the balls that he did. 
Um, right. And that, that's part of what made him amazing. Um, Coke is a hell of a drug. Yeah. And, and drugs are in general, Pondo. I just recently, um, I'm not saying on here. I, I had a conversation with my wife. I was smoking way too much weed. I, I, I'm not going to demonize marijuana because I still have a lot of friends that use it, but, and I will occasionally. It's more of those things if I'm at a party and they pass it to me, okay? But when, when money starts going out towards that and it's not going towards where it needs to go, that's when things like that needs to take a back seat. I, I made a promise to my wife that I would put her before marijuana. And since I made that promise a couple of weeks ago, I have. And when I think, when I think, you know, oh, I need, I need to smoke tonight or I need this. I was like, you know what? Hondo's not smoking tonight. He doesn't need this to have a good time. I don't need this to have a good time. There you go. What I uh, influenced that. You did. And it was really through the book. And, you know, you learn about all these adventures you have, but on none of these adventures did you have, well, except on one hot, hot building you were in where you said there was nothing to drink but beer. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, that had to be a pretty horrible situation, because especially not liking the taste of beer, not wanting to have beer, but then, damn it, that's the only thing that's going to cool you down. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, man, uh, did people need to realize you know you can have a great life sober and it just you just gotta step outside the box and take a look at reality and take a look at things and take a look at what's important in life right um but uh so i know you've been backstage at a couple of wwe shows in the past do you have any really good stories about meeting someone i mean i, I know i've read them in the book but uh Outside the book, do you have any stories that you told that of, of, or that you haven't told maybe of some of the guys that you met? One, one of the cool stories that uh, I don't think I put it in the book, but I'm, I was always a big Freebird fan. Oh, yeah. Terry Gordy, Buddy Roberts, and uh, Michael P.S. Hayes. Oh, yeah. And I was sitting backstage at Raw in Memphis. And Mike Rotundo and Michael P.S. Hayes were sitting together at a table. And I wanted to go over there so bad and say, hello, Michael Hayes. I'm, I'm Pondo. It's a pleasure to meet you. But I just sat there and I, I stared at him for a minute. And that was about the time the pyro went off. Oh, Lord. <laughs> and they jumped so huge. I was so <laughs> glad that I was focused in on them because... I mean, I'm telling you, they they act like they got shot. They they jump so high, but I loved every minute of that. And I'm thinking to myself, have they not been back here knowing that that pyro's gonna go off? Yeah, you think you kind of get used to that after uh, every week or whatever, but I don't know. I you know, I guess if if you're if you're zoned out and in the conversation and you're not really thinking about it, I, I can see how that could catch someone off guard. And also at that show, uh, of course, it was Memphis, Tennessee. Jerry the King Lawler brought Lance Russell there to uh, walk out before Raw and waved everybody. Are yeah. you familiar with the Lance Russell? Um, unfortunately, I can't say I am. I've heard the name, but th that's about the extent of it. 
He was one of the uh, ring announcers, commentators for uh, USWA or CWA, Jerry the King Lawler, Bill Dundee. Oh, I, okay. And, uh, and uh, I always watched him on Channel 7. And I seen him, and I wanted to get a picture with him so bad, but the the rule at WWE is you don't mess with the talent. Yeah, I, and, I can understand that. And I wanted to walk in there and get my picture with him so bad, and Sarah Logan grabbed me and said, whatever you do, don't do it. But I did go in and talk with him and uh, and uh, told him what a big fan I was, and he said, yeah, where did you watch me at? And I said, Amazon Coliseum, and just like he did on TV, he said, Channel 7, and that, that made my night right there that he would do that for me. Yeah, that's a pretty cool story right there. Um, yeah. Man, I was reading that that one story about getting that nail put in your, uh, th- I believe it was your arm, Am I, is that correct, the bicep that, that they... Yeah, Kevin Sullivan. Oh, my Lord. Like a railroad spike, but it was a tall nail, yeah. What were you thinking, Pondo? Well, I didn't know that that wasn't a work. I thought it was a total work. So I handed Kevin Sullivan that nail, and I said, I want you to do the same thing that you did with with, uh, Wayne Catamara. And he was just smiling at me. And then afterwards... He came to the back and he said, Man, man, Pondo's one of the bravest guys I ever met. I wish he was here when WCW, when I was booking WCW. I never once said that I made the mistake of that I thought that that was a work and not a shoot. I just let him go home thinking that I was the bravest guy he ever met. Whew. I wonder how long that, that took to heal that up. I heard that was all the way down to the bone. I went to the bone, but it was pretty pretty long and pretty opened up the, the first hit to my forehead was was a nail hit and i was like holy shit did he do that on accident and then the second hit was a nail hit so yeah i knew that my night was getting ready to be bumpy after that <laughs> yeah i bet i bet who who would you say I, I don't know it's probably hard to pick a, a favorite tag partner that you had but who would you say are, are some of your favorite uh, people that you have tagged with well, right now me and a guy named Duke the Nuke he's uh, 6'8 400 pounds we're doing a team called uh, Team No Respect and I'm, I'm trying to get us booked in a bunch of places where people start recognizing that we're together and that we work well together but uh man i mean tag partners uh, i'd have to say it was either t-tough tony or necro butcher probably one of those two and necro butcher is uh you guys is you know i've said it before you guys just are in sync i mean you and tony are too but it like you, I mean, you guys know each other's moves before you do them. You know what's going to happen, and you, you call it on the spot. Um, is Necro is Necro still wrestling right now, or is he kind of phasing out and doing other things? He uh, he just beat cancer, and the last time I was with him, he 
with a small smile, said, Wando, I, I think I got another run in me, so never say never, but uh, maybe, maybe not. Yeah, well, uh, I'm, I'm glad to hear that he beat cancer. Um, that's actually uh, really good news to me, not just because he beat cancer, but because I I would say recently over the last three or four years, I've lost a lot of good friends that have had cancer, and I was starting to go down the road. I, I don't want to talk about myself here too much, but I was starting to go down the thought process of does anyone ever beat it? And then now that I've heard someone... Yeah, they beat it. Someone that now I've seen in the ring. Someone that you know, I don't, I can't say I know him, but you get what I'm saying. Um, that's that's inspirational because my aunt just passed because of cancer, and I feel like all I've heard about is people dying from it, not people surviving. What kind of cancer did he have? Do you know? Or if you don't want to reveal that, that's personal. I understand. Lymphoid. Oh, okay. Man, that's rough. I'm so glad he beat it, though. That's, you know, and if he wants going to beat cancer, it's going to be a deathmatch wrestler. <laughs> so, I, I have been confused. You live in Indiana right now, but I know you used to live across the river in Kentucky. Yeah. From my understanding. Um... What what led to the choice to uh, come to Indiana, or did it just kind of work itself out that way? No, uh, I was living in Fort Illinois, which is a small town, but um, I moved from Florida to Chicago, Chicago uh, back to Louisville, Louisville to Mexico, Missouri, Mexico, Missouri to Charleston, West Virginia. And then I figured out Louisville, Kentucky is the middle part of everywhere I go. So I'm in Louisville. I'm two hours from Nashville. I'm five hours from Chicago. I'm 12 hours from Florida. I'm 12 hours from the Jersey, Philly, Delaware area. Uh, The other way, uh, California, the, the airport is international. Um, there's Iowa, there's Illinois, uh, I'm talking about Southern Illinois, you know, this Louisville is the middle ground for all professional wrestling. So yeah, that's where I pretty well based myself out of. The only part that I hate is in the winter, it's fucking freezing. I don't know why I haven't moved to Florida by now where it doesn't get cold, but Florida, I think is a bad spot for an independent wrestler because yes there's a bunch of companies in florida but then you're stuck there yeah i like i like traveling and doing all types of companies well and the more you move around the more not that people don't already know your name i mean worldwide at this point but uh you know the more you move around uh more you get to see and the more experiences you have and it, it, it's got to be funner going different places and just, for example, working for the same company repeatedly over and over again. It totally is. Yeah. And I'm sure the mileage is always worth it in the end. Right. Uh, what would you say the roughest ride you've had home is? Have you ever... Uh, well, I blew out my knee one time, but 
Teacher Tony was not enough to give me half a pain pill, so I slept through that. Let's see, the word, I, I would say this, this, uh... Recent one? Yeah, the recent one, not so much the trip home, but the trip from Tampa to Groveland to my parents' house. My parents' house figured out that I was fucked up, so I had to go to the hospital. And then the ambulance ride from Groveland to uh, Orlando. But the whole time, you know, the breath would come, it would go, and and I knew that there was something wrong. So, yeah, I would say this most recent one was the worst trip. That, or uh, I took a month on pencils and had to go back to Charleston, West Virginia. And about four or five hours into the trip, those pencils started infecting my bloodstream so that Ooh. was pretty hard but out of all the 31 years probably those two trips come to mind about being the worst ones man yeah that uh both those obviously sound very very rough right uh, i remember you being as uh, this is a dip, little bit of a different topic obviously but i remember you being in the video game. i was very excited that you were in the wrestling video game the background wrestling video game um i think all the juggalos were um, and I don't know, but that was just a huge thrill for you. Um, that'd be awesome if maybe in the future they'll have another video game and you'll get to be in it. Well, any video game. I don't see the future of that because uh, Kevin Gill was the big instigator of getting that game going and putting things together, and he no longer works for Idos. So I don't really see that happening, but uh, I've been on two video games for Xbox and PlayStation, and then I wound up on another video game for only PlayStation called Fire Pro Returns. Yes, I play that constantly. And then uh, I got a book about me. I have my own beer in Japan. And now... It's in the works. I think it's okay just to say that it's in the works of having my own action figure. So I'm gonna. Uh, I'm an independent worker, but I'm gonna have all the perks of what a WWE worker would have, and then some after I get the action figure. Well, and I'm currently working on a record, and I. I'm in the middle of writing it. I, when I write it, I'm not going to have it be done quickly. I'm going to make sure it's, it's, um, I guess what they would say is it's 100% or, you know, uh, that I put all my effort into it and I really like it when it's done, but I'm, am planning on making, I know they have the rock and roll Madman Pondo song, but I am planning on making the first, um, rap about Madman Pondo in it. Will probably be about a match. Uh, yeah, the Bump and Edleys made their rock and roll copy of the, of, uh, yeah, made a song about me, rock and roll style. But yeah, I, I would, I'm uh, intrigued to hear the rap version. It, it would definitely be about, it would definitely be a wrestling thing. It's, uh, it's not going to be that some of that rap you hear nowadays where, I don't know, there's some of the stuff you hear nowadays, but I, I, I'm, I'm obviously I'm a Juggalo wrestling fan, and you know, 
um, I'm honored to just be able to do that. So, um, and I, I think it's going to be awesome. I, it's just, it's been this journey from you being in JCW until now and, you know, the whole Hall of Fame thing has just been amazing, I'm sure, for you and for us as well. Um, I don't think we could ask, I don't think either one of us could ask for it to be any better than it was. I mean, it, it's just, it's, it's like a fairy tale to me, you know, it's, uh, it's awesome. So, let's go and say next. I'm not sure. I think I was, uh, I think I'm kind of going to trail it off here. Um, because we've got about 36 minutes now. That seems to be around the time people like to listen to, um, especially if they're listening to the podcast on their break or whatever. But yeah, I will definitely be getting uh, back in touch with you. Uh, I don't know if she is interested at all, but I would definitely love to interview Mickey Knuckles in the future. Um, and I love to hear her stories because I'm sure she's got a hell of a lot of stories too. Um, when, I, when I saw her, <laughs> uh, it, she's a very nice girl, but uh, she is quite intimidating. <laughs> And when I saw her in AWR, all that blood matted on her hair and on her face, I got the hell out of the way. <laughs> well, uh, June the 3rd in Bedford, Indiana, it's uh, Mickey Knuckles is the girl fight wrestling champion. That's right. And she is, uh, she, she's got together seven girls. And uh, since the pandemic, she hasn't really got to defend the belt much. So. She's having a tournament. She's not wrestling all seven girls, but she's having a tournament, and she's hoping to come out at the end of eight girls still being the girl fight winners champion. So best of luck to her. Well, absolutely. She's not called Mickey Knuckles for no reason. There's a reason she's called that. Well, that's her shoot name. That's her real name, Taylor. Oh, yeah? That's oh, the guy. Um... And, you know, like I said, I mean, I, I saw her in AWR and in the cage match against, uh, oh, crap, I can't remember. Unless they're Justin Kyle, I don't think that's right. Um, a huge dude, let me put it that way. Very, very big guy. And when she smacked him with her fist, I don't care if people say there was working punches or what. Those, those were hard punches. <laughs> And those two just went at it, and they had a hell of a time. And after the match, he goes, man, she can really work. I was like, yeah, she, she doesn't mess around. <laughs> um, do you own any, uh, this is completely off wrestling, but do you have any dogs or cats or pets? I do not. I had a dog, so I had an Asian wife, and one of the deals with her is that we got a dog. I did not want a dog, but then I gave in and we got a uh, a oh, what was she? A Dotson Labrador. Yeah. She had a Dotson body but a Labrador head. Mm-hmm. And she was the sweetest dog that you could ever want to meet and I fell in love with that dog and then I got divorced and had to leave the dog and then they wouldn't let me visit the dog and then the dog passed away so I still have pictures but uh yeah I, I really don't I, I'm 
so far out away from home and traveling all the time i don't i don't have a place for a dog really yeah i can understand that you have a quite a, a rigorous schedule and uh you're out there doing a lot people i hope people understand that you're, you're doing a lot and it it's not just wrestling it's in, within the wrestling industry but it's not always just wrestling in the ring you know commentary and what have you and uh you're without even being in the locker room i already know you're a great locker room leader um and i think the rules you have for the locker room are great i think uh i wish and hope that every every promotion uh, small or big would follow those rules i certainly even if i knew someone really well and they were wrestling even if i had a best friend best friend of mine was wrestling i wouldn't dare step near that locker room because that's their place that's where the wrestlers go that's where they talk through the matches and everything um and i always respect them when they're working i don't try to ask questions and stuff i wait till after the matches and that's uh that just should be a knowing thing just you know it, to all the people out there if, if you want to run into them and in public, you know, it's not bad to ask questions or say hi or something, but um, let them have their space, you know. Uh, but don't don't be afraid to ask for pictures. Just be respectful and, and let people have their space and their time. Um, especially if they're being t- at, a, at a wrestling match and they're being talked to about how this match is going to go over, etc. Um, I also, myself, got to... Uh, witness your uh, I don't know if I want to say wrestling seminar or wrestling school I guess it was kind of both uh, before the AWR show and it was just so cool to me how you went about teaching those the, the young I want to say kids they weren't kids they're rowing people but you know the wrestlers uh, promos and you had them get in the ring and practice for a little while do a couple moves and you're, you're really trying to get that you know well this is your character show me your character show me you know show me what it is when, when, when you're teaching someone what's 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 the most important thing that they get first is is it their character or is it get learn how to work really well and then worry about the character or you just got pretty much good do both. I'm, I'm really big on character, but going along with character, I'm even bigger on promos. I don't know if you've ever realized or not, but I really can't wrestle with a shit, but I can cut a promo that makes people want to see me either get beat up or triumph over my opponent. So yeah, promos is a big deal with me. Yeah, I've always, I've always loved your promos. Um, if there is a blueprint to follow on promos, you would definitely be one of them. Um, and, well, I, you know, I can't wait to hear. I'm going to have to wrap this up here. Just I think it's uh, the right t- length of podcast to wrap this up. Um, but I really appreciate you being on the podcast again. It's wonderful to have you. It was wonderful reading your book two times in a row. I let my friend borrow it. Otherwise, I probably would have read it a third time. Um, well, thank you for your time. I hope I did your podcast good. Oh man, you always do. You know, whenever the last one you were on, it was the highest rated one. <laughs> All right, man. 
Well, uh, you have a great night, Pondo, and I uh, appreciate your time and, and good luck, brother, of healing up, and we cannot wait to see you back in that ring. All right, thank you so much. Thank you, bro. Bye. 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 That's it, y'all. That was a madman, Pondo. Um, and there we go. That was the uh, T-Hex podcast with Madman Pondo. That's right. You heard it right. He has a book. He's doing lots of things. He's got things in the work and action figures and, and all kinds of things going on. But myself, I, I can't I can't promise you when it's going to come out. I'm hoping it will be on the first album. But I'm, I am, like I said, going to take my time writing it because I'm not just going to do some throwaway track for someone that's that important to me. But we, we will have a, a rap song about Pondo wrestling in the future. Mark my words. So you better watch out for T-Hex. Because that first album was going to be called Straight Out the Ice Age. And the release date right now is March. Who knows? There could be uh, setbacks. Um... I used to watch a uh, a show at the IMAX about the Hubble when they made when they went and uh, fixed the Hubble telescope. And uh, one thing that one of the NASA, NASA engineers said is uh, there will always be setbacks. And I'm learning this very quickly about uh, well, both the wrestling and the music industry. I'm I'm personally not involved in the wrestling industry, but I'm sure Pondo could have told you there will always be setbacks there's always things you don't expect to happen that will happen and you should always expect the unexpected well i will let you all go i hope you all had a good time listening to this podcast if you enjoyed it please recommend it to somebody especially this episode um that was pondo coming straight from the heart i mean we we can't get much much better than that well that wraps it up for tonight that is a two true true hurts podcast. Uh much love to all the juggalos out there. And I'm out. <laughs>